21st of August 2022. So we'll have some more questions from the retreat. So the first question for tonight is uh, Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu Longpo for your great teachings and sharing of Dhamma. Longpo mentions that we do not try to stop thoughts. They rise and cease naturally. I wish to clarify if the thoughts arise due to our indirect subconscious intentions. If not, would we still have to fear the consequences of karma arising from that thought? Thank you. And so, Mpo answered that. So, the practice of trying to not stop thinking but rather knowing those thoughts in time with them. That's a practice of wisdom. And when our knowing is up to speed with those thoughts, then we see their arising and ceasing. And there's wisdom that arises with that. But if we know those thoughts, but that knowing is lacking in clarity and the thoughts are coming up very quickly and we don't see their arising and ceasing. Um, then that the thoughts just carry on, they just keep on going. So if we see the arising and ceasing there, then the thoughts become less and less. But if we don't see that coming and going, then there's just thinking. And even though we're aware of those thoughts, they don't stop. So in that case, we need to bring our minds back to the meditation words or the mantras that we use, bring back to the knowing of the in-breath and the out-breath in order to bring the mind to peace. And we use these methods of bringing up calm in the mind and when the mind is calm, then we'll be able to know these thoughts as they're happening, seeing their arising and ceasing, and for wisdom to arise here. So these thoughts, they're manno kamma, they're an action of the mind. And so there are good thoughts, there are bad thoughts, there are meritorious thoughts, and there are harmful or demeritorious thoughts. So the unskillful ones or the harmful ones, we need to try to stop these. So if it's the kind of thinking that is scattered, restless, the kind of thinking that is angry or with ill will, um, then we need to try to bring the mind to good thoughts instead of those and try to stop those bad thoughts. And then when we bring it to the good thoughts, then we try to stop thinking altogether and through our practice of samatha. And when we have done that, we'll be able to see the arising and ceasing, and then wisdom arises. So the next question, Sadhu Longpo, 
May you please explain the characteristics of a person on the path to Sotapanna. How should we practice to become a noble disciple of Lord Buddha? Thank you. So the path to Sotapanna is the Sotapadimaka, which is this very path of dana, sila and bhavana, generosity, virtue and cultivation. So within that there is samaditi, there's right view, there's right intention, right effort, there's right samadhi and right speech, right action, right livelihood. All of these things are contained within sila, samadhi and panya and then virtue, collected, uh, collectedness and wisdom. So right view and right intention, this, these are the wisdom aspects. And then right speech, right action, right livelihood, this is the sila, the virtue aspects. Then there's right mindfulness and right effort within our minds. This is right recollection and right effort and then establishing the heart and making it firm in the right way. This right samadhi. And all of these gather to the Eightfold Notable Path, which gathers into sila, samadhi and panya, it's virtue, collectedness and wisdom, or dana, sila, bhavana. And this is the path to sotapanna. And so may you set your heart on training in this way, following this path to seeing the Dhamma. And a sotapanna is one who has entered into the stream to the Dhamma, the stream of the Dhamma, the stream to Nibbana. So if we are selfless, we can abandon the sense of self, we can bring our minds to peace, establishing our hearts in samadhi, then that samadhi works to still the mind. Then when wisdom comes up, this is the stilling or the quelling of the defilements, and that's what will take us to freedom from suffering. So if we can see that the self is actually not self, we can see the true nature of the self as not self, we see anicca, dukkha, anatta, and then we see the Dhamma. The next question, dear Longpo, I found viewing or visualizing a skeleton is very calming to me. Can you please share more about how to further uh, the practice for samadhi? Thank you. He answered that training to see the body as being a skeleton is a meditation object that brings the mind to peace. It's one of the asupa-gamatana objects, and there are ten of those objects of seeing the unattractive nature of the body. And so you should focus on that and contemplate on that. And a nimitta then should arise, and the mind can be brought into peace. And then when you see those bones break apart, then that's when vipassana, insight and panya, wisdom, arises.
the next question. Dear Po, I was doing walking meditation with Ati, or bones, as my meditation object while looking at the skeleton in the Dharma Hall. I was standing next to it and realized a skeleton met with another skeleton, and then that thought just disappeared. How does a person, when they really see Dhamma, see this? I feel good when I do Gayakada Sati with Ati. So this um, practice of mindfulness over the body, um, focusing on the bones. So Umpa answered that, so this is the beginning of the emerging of wisdom here. So you see an external skeleton, but then also feel into the internal nature of this as well, that there's a skeleton here too, in this body. So if samadhi is well established, then we can see the body as just being a bunch of bones, and knowledge arises here. You can see that the skeleton that's standing here, it's not self. That external skeleton is not self, this internal skeleton is not self. And the mind becomes peaceful. And then when that breaks apart and decays, then knowledge arises, wisdom arises. So may you carry on contemplating this. And these bones are not self, they're not me, they're not mine. And knowledge can and wisdom can arise immediately here. So what you're doing is correct. And so you just carry on practicing in this way. So the next question. Dear Long Paul, could you kindly explain the way to practice samatha by mentally reciting buddho in detail? How do we differentiate between kanaka, upajara, and apana samadhi using buddho? Does mentally reciting buddho lead to jhana like in breath meditation? So Lungpo answered that when practicing using buddho, then we keep the mind with this one word, this one object, and this brings the mind to peace. So perhaps we use that mantra without paying any attention to the breath. And then through that, the mind becomes still, and this word just disappears all by itself. And here, this small amount of samadhi, kanaka samadhi, arises. And then it leaves that state, and the mind starts to proliferate again. Then as we cultivate samadhi, then that peace becomes deeper and come to the point where both the body and the mind feel very light, and this is upajara samadhi, or neighborhood samadhi, that there's joy, there's happiness here. And if it gets even more refined than that, then it's apana samadhi, this access, uh, collectedness, the mind comes together into one point. So perhaps we are using this word of buddho in conjunction with the breath. So the in-breath, bud, the out-breath, do. 
But as the mind becomes more still, then this word Buddha just disappears without our intending for that to happen. And what remains is just an awareness of the breath. But then further on, the awareness of the breath can disappear as well. And the mind is just in a peaceful state here. It's very empty and quiet and still. So may you carry on meditating like this. And if you do, then you will get samadhi, you will get jhana without problem. And so just carry on setting your heart and meditating in this way. So the next question is, when a thought arose to check the electrical power devices so that I could turn on the light as I made my way to the front door, I stumbled over one of the pillars and realized that it was not my home. I was actually in the dormitory in the monastery that I was staying in. May Ajahn guide me on the following. One was that a dream? Two, what are the causes and conditioning? And three, did my present awareness go back home? Thank you, Ajahn. So, Mampo responded that, so this is a habit of the mind that's used to being in one's house. So one is sleeping, and then may subconsciously think uh, about turning on the light, or maybe I left the lights on and I should turn them off. So you go to walk and to flick the switch. So it's possible that the mind can get sent out here, and we feel that something's not quite right, and then it comes back into the body again. And so this is possible. It's also something that's normal. And some people have many experiences in this. So there may be that worry that's happening um, underneath about, did I leave the light on or should I turn the light on? And this is a habit of the mind. But what you should do is to just try and bring the mind back and to establish mindfulness anew. So the next question, uh, dear Ajahn, my mind is very scattered. I always have thoughts every now and then, and it's difficult to be calm. I meditate using the mantra Buddha Dhammo Sanko. When thoughts become frequent, I reflect that the nature of the mind is to think, and that the thoughts are not I, not me, not mine. But even though I do that, there are still thoughts. So what can I do to reduce these thoughts? Thank you, Ajahn. So Lumpa responded uh, that, so this is good, because what it shows is that you're beginning to, to know, to be aware, that before you had a lot of thoughts, 
and they would go on without stopping, but you didn't realize what was happening. Both that and there was no desire there to stop those thoughts either. But now you have some wisdom in that you can see the drawbacks in all of these thoughts and all the chaos that they create. So this practice of stopping these thoughts, it relies upon our training, our practice, and we have to depend upon our powers of forbearance as well and really set our hearts on it. And if we carry on doing that, then one day these thoughts will have to reduce, they get less and less, and the mind will need to come into peace. You'll be able to experience happiness and joy, and you'll be able to experience the Dhamma as well. So may you carry on setting your hearts, your heart in this, in this practice of the Dhamma. And don't be discouraged, but forbear with these difficulties. And in the end you will succeed. <laughs>